0: Hello
1: and welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is our show here on TheMesh.TV, where we talk about customer service, the world of delivering great customer service to customers, clients, co-workers, employees, uh, you know, a lot of great information we try to share to the business community. Whether you're a large business, whether you're a small business, entrepreneur, Whatever it may be, hopefully there's some good information we can share with you. My name's Alan Jackson. I'm with the Jackson Group. Uh, We handle a lot of employee and customer and patient satisfaction surveys for a variety of industries, a little more of a specialty in the healthcare market. Uh, But we've been delivering satisfaction surveys for over 35 years now. With me, my co-host on this show, Stepping Up Service, is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. How are
1: you doing, Alan? Doing, doing just fine. Ed has spent many, many years and worked with many organizations on the del- how they deliver customer service. Really consulting, advising them on strategies for developing a stronger customer service culture in the organization. Uh, just a whole, whole uh, plethora of things. Anything interesting you got going on right now, Ed?
2: Well, uh, actually we do. We just uh, signed a contract to do some work with the Major League Soccer team, okay. uh, which, which is neat. And we, we actually have another Major League Soccer team contacted us two weeks ago about doing something as well. So uh, that, that's uh, something we've done a little bit over the last couple of years, but it sounds like the demand is getting greater and greater.
1: I'll I'll refer people back to an earlier episode we did. I don't remember which number it is offhand, but it's one where we talked about customer service even in the pro sports arena Mm -hmm. uh, because you you never really think of – professional sporting events as needing to have good customer service for their patrons. But as Ed can certainly testify, uh, it's extremely important in that business. So, yeah, it's
2: very important if they care about retention and, and one of the organizations in particular is trying to work with the local community to get a new stadium. So uh, they, they want to make sure that they're delivering a very responsive, customer-oriented experience for the customers as they're going through that process.
1: Great. Good. Uh, and people can learn more about sure. Ed and his co- uh, company, customer customer service solutions on the website at cssamerica.com and i'm at the jackson group which is thejacksongroup.com. and of course you're listening to the where we may refer back to some old shows from time to time on stepping up service that you can go back in time and listen to uh, we keep all of them up on the website they're all available for free to download uh, either through the website through apple itunes stitcher radio windows mobile a lot of different platforms to get your uh, your fix of stepping up service on. <laughs> so now, Ed, again, harking back to an older episode, we did an episode maybe last year on some great examples of customer service from small businesses. Because I know right. we talk a lot in our show, you know, small businesses have their own sets of challenges and delivering customer service is just as much a challenge there as anywhere else. We gave some great examples of some of those small businesses that were really getting it right on customer service. Uh, and developing that culture, but you know at the same time, I mean I think about it from a large business standpoint, a nationally or internationally known company i 've got to imagine the the art of delivering excellent customer service is probably just heightened as far as it's in its its difficulty there 's a lot more moving pieces involved sometimes you 're geographically spread out over a much wider peri- uh, place so the idea of delivering customer service i mean that's it 's extremely high challenge for a large internationally known company, correct
2: uh, that that's definitely right, and I like how you painted that picture because if you're talking about different methods of delivering service, the the geography associated with it, instead of having three to five to ten employees trying to deliver the same level of service, which is extremely difficult as it is, imagine if you have hundreds and thousands and you have multiple facilities as well where you're trying to deliver that same example uh, or same level of customer service. So what we're going to be talking about today are instead of looking back at the prior podcast, it's great examples of customer service from small business. We're going to talk about lessons from the best in customer service, those that have multiple facilities are regional or national in nature.
1: Okay, so some, some real known names, known companies definitely. and big, big name companies that still have that huge challenge of delivering great customer service to their clients and customers, no matter how big they are and where they're located. So that yep, sounds definitely. great. Looking forward to it. So let's, So we're going to jump into some examples, some kind of stories to illustrate these.
2: Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, we're actually going to start out with each one of these companies, and there's four companies we'll be talking about. We're going to start out by uh, my testing your business acumen a little bit, it's a, Alan. It's
1: another it's another quiz <laughs> for Alan, so I always it, do so well in these. Let's see how we do today.
2: You do. One of these days, I'll actually give you a competitor to compete against. But for now, <laughs> be, it's be, Alan versus Alan.
1: So. I, you know what? I don't actually want a competitor. I'm perfectly fine, <laughs> being, I'm perfectly fine being the only competitor on this uh, these challenges. So
2: Okay. Well, if you're competing against yourself, actually, there's two different types of questions I'm going to ask you, Alan. So okay. we'll get to gauge how well you do on these. One is about your business acumen and knowledge, and the other is just about your common sense. Ooh, so by the end of our time together, we'll be able to say, is, is Alan a little bit smarter from a business perspective, or does he have? more common sense from a business or life Uh, perspective.
1: You know what, Adam? I'm changing my mind. I don't know if I want to do this anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I will, like you said, ask you a few questions that relate to businesses that are well-known for their customer service. Are you ready for the first one, Alan?
1: Absolutely. Bring it on.
2: All right. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you uh, part of the mission statement of a company, and I want you to tell me what industry that this company is in. All
1: right. You're going to tell me part of a mission statement. Yes. And I need to tell you what industry that business is in.:
2: Sure, or if you know the company, that'd be great. But okay Just, just right. even getting the industry would be great.
1: Gotcha. We'll do. Okay.
2: okay. so uh, a strong part of the mission statement says that we are here to have a positive impact on the people that we come in contact with.
1: Whoa, that's a pretty broad area uh, to have a positive impact on the people we come into contact with. right. Um, I''m just I'm just, uh, I'm just throwing caution to the wind here. Is it the airline industry? Uh, unfortunately, not. No, I was um, say, that sounds a little too optimistic for the airline industry. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it, it, it's the food industry, okay. the restaurant industry. So, a, any particular company with great customer service come in mind? Come to mind in the restaurant industry?
1: Okay, the restaurant industry. Let's get a little yeah. more specific here, then. Yeah. in the restaurant industry, positive impact on people we come into contact with.
2: And you can think fast food if that helps.
1: Oh, you're narrowing it down to fast food. Yes. Well, let me just try just to just see if I can uh, play your little game here. And I'm going to okay. throw out McDonald's and just caution the wind. I want to see if that's it. Uh,
2: unfortunately, it's not.
1: Okay. Not it's McDonald's. Not, All right. Yeah.
2: It's Chick-fil-A.
1: Oh. Yes. Why didn't I think of Chick-fil-A? Just, uh, I was just thinking about Chick fil A this morning. It was just, I was a little time displaced on when I should have been thinking about them. So.
2: Well, we should have done the podcast four hours earlier when you had it in mind, it out right off the top. But, but yeah, essentially, um, part of the. Uh, mantra or in this case part of the actual mission statement for Chick-fil-A is to have a positive impact on the people that they come in contact with. So that could, just like you were saying, be any industry, any kind of business. And, And if we're talking about delivering great customer service or this idea that we need to embrace the customer, it's very important for uh, employees to understand why is this important. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is this important to the company? What is the goal of the company? I mean, isn't the goal of Chick Fil A to sell waffle fries and chicken sandwiches, but really but to point,
1: delicious chicken sandwiches? But yes, delicious <laughs>
2: chicken sandwiches. Excellent point. Um, so we got to remember that Chick Fil A is a fast food restaurant. But if, if part of their mission is to have a positive impact on the people they come in contact with, it's not surprising that they have great service because you're trying to when you talk about the mission or purpose or reason for being here. Uh, When when you have part of the mission statement that says, you know, we are here to have a positive impact on the people that we come in contact with, that really is something that focuses on the employee. Why are you here? It's not to move the food along. It's not to ring up a transaction. It's that customer that's in front of you, the customer that's at the window, the customer that's ordering, whomever the case might be. Uh, When when you're interacting with them, that is the most important person in the world to you at that moment in time, and you are supposed to have a positive impact on their experience. So it's one of those parts of a mission statement, one of those guiding principles for an organization that uh, when you state it, it it helps the employee know that it's not all about the product sometimes, and in a lot of cases with great customer service companies like Chick-fil-A It's about the customer.
1: Hmm. So the argument can almost be made that the the actual products they're selling and the food that they're providing is almost secondary in a way to better to instead more of a positive experience for the people that walk in the door.
2: Right. Okay. So if you're having a company, and, and uh, I'll get into culture in, in my next example, but if you want to get everybody in the company, from leadership to frontline staff to the supervisors, to really buy into what the organization is about, you, you got to clearly articulate it. You got to clearly say it at the organizational level that this is what the organization believes in. This is how we're going to treat employees. This is how we expect employees to treat their customers. And by actually building it into one of those key foundation statements, it just helps the employees to realize realize it's not all about the product it's really all about the people
1: you could almost make the argument that if chick-fil-a one day decided you know what we're done with chicken mm-hmm. we're now going to go to tofu burgers or whatever it may be yeah. you know yes obviously the product still has a lot of impact on how they do as a business but i guarantee you if they kept the same service mentality and let's say tofu became the next big thing for food anyway mm-hmm. they would just keep on trucking over time mm-hmm. they may you know obviously have the change up with their products but the culture that 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 mission is still carrying through i guarantee you they would still be very successful no matter what their products were if they kept that same kind of service mentality
2: yeah and that's a great point it's not about the product you could change the products over time but Mm. but they're really trying to build a culture they're really trying to build a customer experience and that's part of why they're so successful it is part of the foundation of the organization as a whole and everything that they do in the organization, the training, I've sat in on the orientation of the new employees, how they hire folks and look for folks who, who could be great in their organization, it, it all starts with what the organization believes, what they feel their purpose is. And then if you realize your purpose is to have a positive impact on others, you look for employees who care about that as well. You train them on how to do that as well. You you orient them and you try to retain the people who are best at having a positive impact on the customers that they encounter
1: great all right so so we got chick-fil-a is our first example of a yes obviously a nationally known firm that mm-hmm. really has to work hard at customer service but seems to be getting it right so far and obviously they're a very successful profitable business so that does fall in line with that that same idea as well
2: yeah, we're going to talk about another very profitable, very successful, very well-known business as well. This is more web, of a web-based business. I'll give you a little bit of a hint, okay. but prior to actually getting into the company, uh, I'll just ask you a quick question. As a president of, of a business yourself, sure. um, would you offer prospective employees money not to work for you? <laughs>
1: um, I actually know where you're going with this again. <laughs> I've read this. And uh, Honestly, although I would love to say that I could, I don't see how I possibly could. Yes, but yeah. It, it, but but I love the idea. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. And do you do you know who I'm talking about company wise?
1: Uh, I've got it down to maybe two or three in my head. Um, okay. It's not Google, is it?
2: No, nope, it's not Google.
1: Okay. It, it's not Zappos.
2: That that's correct. It, it is Zappos. Zappos. Okay.
1: Zappos was the one. I knew it was one of those uh, top two or three big big names on on the web there.
2: Yeah, so Zappos, it's actually an on time uh, online, excuse me, retailer that uh, uh, they they were known initially for selling shoes. Now they do other merchandise as well, but they literally offer employees money to leave the company, to quit their job. But but let me kind of describe what that means. Sure. Um, Prospective employees are brought on and go through what you might call a probationary period working with Zappos. They're actually. Uh, employed. They're, they're kind of learning about the organization, doing some work as well. Uh, but before they're brought on full-time, but like I said, after they've had some of this probationary period go go uh, by and they've gotten some exposure to the culture of Zappos, uh, they're actually offered money to leave. Wow! So, it, so literally, employees are offered money to quit the company. It used to be a couple hundred dollars. And now the figure has moved into the thousands.
1: Thousands of dollars to leave the company.
2: Thousands of dollars to leave Zappos. And why has it gone to thousands? It's because employees keep turning down the offer.
1: So really, it's almost. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a real stretch comparison here. Okay. It's almost like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the the old the original one, not the remake they tried sure. To yeah, the I didn't like the
2: remake much. No, no, no.
1: Where. Who was it? The guy that technically Willy Wonka had hired to go and try to tempt the kids and saying yeah. we're going to offer you he money, looked evil. Yeah, but we're going to give you this much money and make you rich yeah. if you do this. And in a way, they're they're tempting them because they kind of want to weed out those that aren't really going to stick to what Willy Wonka wanted from his his guest. Yeah. So you're talking the same kind of idea. So it's like. If we are able to give somebody $2,000 to leave and they take us up on it, chances are they were not going to be an employee that was going to be as engaged in the long term as anybody, as the others would have been.
2: Right. They, they were more motivated by the extra money than they were by being part of this great experience, part of this culture. Uh, so so we, we didn't want them anyway. They wouldn't help us to maintain the culture, to build the company, to buy in. Uh, to the organization, so that's a great example with the Willy Wonka example as well.
1: Let me let me ask a little clarification on this because honestly, sure. I, I I read about this a while back and it's I just haven't had a chance to really talk with anybody in depth about it. So in a situation like that, let's say you know Zappos is offering this money to those employees, is it something where you target just the employees that you maybe have a sense are not really key for the company, or are they is that an offer they give to everybody, even if it's their best performing? top employees already i mean i guess i'm 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 more curious about the logistics if if there was a company out there that wanted to take a very daring move like this Mm -hmm. i could see it backfiring you could have a really really talented employee opt to take the money because of a short-term need and may have Mm -hmm. but but i think i guess the overall writing idea is that you know if they only want those who are going to be engaged long-term regardless but so is this done universally to everybody
2: well, that's a good question. Just kind of narrow it a little bit. Um, since it is somewhat of a probationary period, the idea of a probationary period in most companies is that. Uh, the company has the chance to say, "Hey, it's just not working out."
1: Oh, I see. Um, okay.
2: So, to to some extent, you know, if it's obvious from Zappos' perspective it's not going to work out, they're not going to necessarily offer this person thousands of dollars to go through the probationary period.
1: Right. Gotcha. But if
2: it is somebody that they they think would be a good fit, or they know would be a good fit, but they're you know they still want to put the responsibility back on the uh, on the employee to commit to it or not. At that point, they make the offer, see who takes it, uh, and, and if they take it. Great, you know, both parties uh, can go on to their next step. But if they don't take it, then they feel confident they have an employee that's bought into the culture.
1: Okay, great. So it it happens with Zappos, it happens during that probationary period. Exactly. And it's just part of that process. If they're going to continue having somebody on the company, they make that offer. And you're right, it does kind of weed out those that say, you know what, the job was okay, but I'd rather be doing something else. Right. And they're giving me $2,000 to walk out the door. Yeah, I'll do that. Why not? So yep. it does get it gets rid of those it gets rid of the dead weight, which mm-hmm. is kind of uh, kind of cool. That's neat. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, you don't want in a company culture like Zappos to have apathy. Yep. You know, to have people who are motivated purely by the dollar, and they realize that, and they were thinking, well, how, how do we make sure we we really have the people who have the passion, who really buy into it, uh, and so they literally make that calculation. Uh, And determine, okay, how how do we weed those folks out or have them filter themselves out uh, before they actually become full-time, full-fledged employees?
1: So what what kind of impact does that have on Zappos? I mean, how's how's Zappos performing these days?
2: (laughs) Uh, They're doing great. I mean, beyond all the publicity that they're doing, they are growing. They're getting into other sectors as well beyond the shoes. and, And there's a lot... Uh, that, that people are learning from them, especially from a culture perspective. You know, it's interesting because they have a great reputation for customer service, but whenever you talk uh, to the CEO, and I can never pronounce his name correctly, but it's Tony Sai, or H S I E H, I believe, but, but he always talks about culture. If you want great customer service, you got to make sure you have a culture that can deliver the great customer service. So he really focuses on three main factors uh, when he's talking about trying to build a culture that people are wanting to be a part of mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just being in because it's a job. And then the first is, you know, very simply says it's got to be enjoyable to work there. Right. You know, people have got to have fun. You got to, you got to see smiles on people's faces. You know, there's got to be just that positive uh, environment and atmosphere in general. People have got to enjoy working there in that kind of a culture. The second is there need to be really strong relationships between staff and vertically as well. And, and a lot of HR related studies have shown that uh, the, the most important relationship to the typical employee is the relationship with their supervisor. Mm. And if that's strong, high opportunity for job satisfaction and retention. If that's weak or negative, Uh, then you're much more at risk of customer or, excuse me, employee loss. And the third is an opportunity for professional growth, where just like a company wants to see the vision, wants to have goals, wants to see where they're going, so do the employees. So so he's trying to find people who are going to make it an enjoyable place to work are are good at forming relationships with others, whether they're your superior or your direct report or somebody in another area and people who are looking to grow. And and if that's the kind of culture they want, then they feel like they have a great chance of delivering great customer service.
1: Very, very cool. And of course, every time I hear of a great example of customer service online with with online retailers, Zappos always comes up in those conversations. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've just got that reputation out across the world as being Really high customer service great doing things like you know making sure they definitely take back returns very easily on things and no hassle and keeping it as simple as possible for customers to get their products. Um, they're a great model of that so
2: yeah, thanks. so the key point for Zappos you know whether you're struggling with employee motivation or turnover or not, try to create a culture with these three characteristics. It's fun to work at, you have strong relationships across divisions and also vertically as well. And employees feel like there's an opportunity for professional growth.
1: Very nice. Very good. Great. Well, we, we've gone through two stories. I know we've got two more. And plus, you and I both have our customer service experience that we'd like yep. to do every episode as well kind of cap that off. Let's take a really quick break. We'll okay. come back. We'll finish up our next two examples of companies, big companies who are just doing it right. Uh, talking about the, the, the big ones out there that are, that are playing the right rules by customer service. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. You're listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv.
0: We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at TheMesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Welcome back to
1: Stepping Up Service, our customer service discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group with Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, one of the examples we gave a little bit ago from Zappos about them paying uh, people to leave, Uh, the intern sitting in the room wanted to know, does that same offer generally apply to interns? And they're wanting to know if they can get paid at the end of their internship if they don't stick around.
2: Well, uh, that's an excellent question, and
1: the answer is no. Okay, no. <laughs> Taylor, Nick, sorry, the answer is no. You guys don't, 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 right, Doug. i to every company and see if they can all- <laughs> Nick, Nick says he's going to, intern Nick says he's going to go off and apply to every single company he can and try to work as many different jobs just to get that money at the end of each of the terms. Well, well
2: that, that's an excellent and highly productive uh, approach. I don't know if it's the most efficient or smart, <laughs> right. but hey, yeah. hardworking, I ne- never argue with hardworking.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's right. In, intern Nick, you go uh, go see what you can get done with that. That sounds good. All right. Well, welcome back to Stepping Up Service. Again, we're on the TV. If you want to listen to old episodes we've had back from the very beginning when we started this show, we've got, gosh, how many episodes now? Over Is it close to 20 episodes? Over 20 episodes?
2: Right. I think we started in August, so that would end up making, uh, I guess, 17, 18, okay. Yeah, we're probably right at 20 with this episode. Getting
1: close to 20 episodes there that we've put out of Stepping Up Service. They're all free. They're all ones you can go and listen to, download. Listen on the website, download to your iPad, iPhone, mobile device, anything. And they're all available either at TheMesh.tv or if you go to Apple on the iTunes store, search for Stepping Up Service or search for The Mesh, and you'll find us. And you can go and subscribe. We'd love to have subscriptions to the show. What that basically means is when you subscribe to the show, you are ensured that every time we put out a new episode, it's going to be downloaded to your player automatically. You don't have to go hunt for it. You don't have to be notified about it. You just open up iTunes or you open up any other uh, podcast player you use. And if you're subscribed to the podcast, you get the episodes automatically. So we do encourage you to do that if you're a fan of the show. We'd also love to hear from you. If you got some ideas, questions, feedback for us, you can write us at info at That's info at T-H-E-M-E-S-H TV. Let us know thoughts on the show. Let us know any questions, ideas, or maybe suggestions for future topics. We'd love to hear from you on that. Okay, so head back to our conversation about some of the really big, big names in the, uh, uh, in the business world that are really great examples of customer service. Talking about those big companies that are internationally known. real challenge to try to keep a customer service culture going, as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, We've already talked about chick-fil-a and we talked about Zappos uh, let's let's go into some other examples what do you got for us
2: All right well here's the next question okay. um, Alan what what industry uh, what, what type of company so kind of name their industry has this as their motto okay, okay? this is one company in, in an industry so tell me the industry We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen
1: Oh I've heard this one but what is that your ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen uh is it a clothing store no no okay you're shaking your head no so i'm taking that as a no, no. let me see if i can have i can have a second chance hold on <laughs> the industry oh boy i'm stumped is it is it some sort of travel like hotel is it a yes ho- it's a hotel t- okay okay. Right, hold on yes is it um what's the one what's the one big chain the big uh hotel that's that's so well known
2: you can do it, Alan.
1: Intern Nick, come on, help me out here. No, it's not Four Seasons. Is it Marriott? Is it Marriott? Yeah, I think no. higher end. Uh, what's the higher? I don't ever go to higher end hotels. <laughs> I'm a Hampton Inn guy. I don't know what's the higher. Yeah, me too. I like that. What's the higher end one? Um, uh, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead and bring it. Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. So Ritz Carlton's <laughs> mission is: we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah that's
2: their motto and, and when you think about that i mean that actually tells you a lot it, it, it says first of all we are ladies and gentlemen because uh, and when you see a phrase like that it's basically describing to the employees how they are supposed to present themselves okay. you know how they're supposed to view themselves mm-hmm. and how they're supposed to behave you think about what ladies and gentlemen are there's a little bit of a refinement definitely a respectful nature in terms of body language how you carry yourself how you speak how you engage Others, But the other interesting thing is it says we're serving ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. So It's not just saying we're serving customers. It's trying to put in the minds of the employees how we should view those people that we are serving and how respectful we should be to them and how we should engage them. So in something as simple and as short as that, a nine-word motto, they're actually painting a picture about who we are and how we should view ourselves and who our customers really are and, and how we should view them.
1: Oh, wow. I really like that. I've always liked that slogan, and I, I just I, – I hate that I couldn't place the company, but I know I had heard that before, and I think it's just really classy. I really yeah, like and, that.
2: And it's interesting. When you, when you think about Ritz-Carlton, and we've actually contacted them in the past when we were – especially early on as a company, we were trying to learn about those organizations that have that great reputation for customer service. And they sent us a series of materials, and it's interesting because they have – Uh, A company, Credo, that talks about why they're there and what they pledge to do and what the experience ought to be like. They have this motto that we've talked about. They have three steps of service. Just very simply, I'll read these to you. Uh, Number one is a warm and sincere greeting. Use the guest name if and when possible. Number two, anticipating and complying with guest needs. So Mm -hmm. that proactive nature. Yes. Uh, and then number 3 a fond farewell give them a warm goodbye and use their names if and when possible so right. very specific very simple very clear they they also have 20 what they call Ritz-Carlton basics and number 1 says the credo uh, will be known and owned and energized by all employees mm-hmm. and I'll kind of pause there because if I read that again one of their 20 Ritz-Carlton basics is that the credo will be known owned and energized by all employees. Essentially what they're saying is we expect you to do this.
1: Right, sure.
2: Expect you to know these things. It's not just something that's going to be on the wall. You have to know what these uh, simple steps are. You have to know what the credo is. You have to understand these things. You have to uh, be excited, passionate, and energized by them. And then you have to live these different documents. So the real key point here with Ritz-Carlton is if you want to have great customer service as an organization, you have to document it. You know, you have to be real clear with the staff. What exactly do we mean by great customer service? Uh, What exactly do you expect of us uh, as uh, employees in delivering great customer service? We have a lot of organizations that are clients that uh, have developed customer service standards, which are literally stating those bare minimum expectations Mm -hmm. that that you expect of others. So if you want to be great at customer service, document it, even if it's a matter of branding it. You know, this is the... Ritz-Carlton way of delivering customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can do that, you have a much better chance of of getting great customer service from your staff.
1: And you know, there's a few organizations, Ritz-Carlton being one of them, where like you just said, it is a, almost like a branded form of their customer service standards. You yes. think about the Disney way, it's kind yeah. of a very well-known standard as well. The Ritz-Carlton way is something that people just, when you hear Ritz-Carlton, you think customer service, that's what they're known for. Now they have worked that so hard and got that into the brains of every single person that works there, and even the people that walk in the door as a guest, that it's now, again, if you had gone opposite way and asked me, what do I think of when I hear Ritz Carlton, the first thing I would have said was they're excellent service. I just mm. That's what you'd think of. So yes, that's great. You know, um, I think sometimes, too, a lot of companies take for granted that, just like you said, saying the words customer service to their employees, everybody knows what that means where some employees, a customer, hearing the word customer service means they just smile a lot. Others right. mean it's just I talk with a pleasant tone, but that's all I need to do. Others may think it's all about how we internalize things within the office, but not necessarily out with the customers around the community. So mm-hmm. you're right. Having that stamped down somewhere, written out, easy to identify, easy to see, it does standardize it across the organization and make sure everybody knows the same information. You can't take that for granted.
2: Yeah, and that, that's a great point. We actually this week just finished working with uh, a local government client on creating a customer service vision statement just because of that. They said, well, you know, we've always cared about customer service. We've had this initiative for five years, uh, but, but we've never really clearly articulated and documented. What do we mean by that? You know, yeah. what, what exactly does it look and feel like? And they, they were, we've presented it to a couple of groups uh it was an employee led uh, initiative to, it, it was initially chartered by leadership but employee led in defining what that should look like, had some leadership involvement and, and they're very happy with it. And it's because that it, it applies to them. It's clear to them and, and it's very easy for them to look at that vision statement and say, yeah, I, I I can see what we mean now by customer service. And I can see especially what we mean by great customer service, yeah. our company's way of, of delivering great customer service. Well,
1: it's good for the employee and it's good for the organization growth wise, but it's also good for those in leadership roles when they're able to evaluate the employees they have because you have a very clear set of expectations. You can honestly say, does this employee do A, B, C, and D, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just are they good with customer service? Because that's a very broad, vague concept. So um, having that very specific has a lot of different advantages for the organization for sure.
2: Yeah, when you, when you talk about these Ritz-Carlton basics, the 20 points, it gets at exactly what you're talking about. One is on pr- proper telephone etiquette. One is on uniforms. One is on cleanliness. One is on how do you deal with guest incidents and, and how do you handle those effectively. So uh, the, when you're talking about uh, how do you actually hold people accountable to those standards, hold uh, recognize people for doing great above and beyond the standards, it all starts with having standards in the first place.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you know, Ed, I'm realizing as I'm going into the fourth example here, I haven't done very well at all on this. Yeah, you've,
2: you've done well. I mean, really, I, 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 it,
1: I feel like it's taken me a few times to even get the industry. And then I'm generally not getting the, the business. I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to doubt my, uh, my my mental prowess on these uh these quizzes i normally do really well so maybe this last one hopefully uh hopefully this last one will help redeem me
2: well let's say let's do this let's do the old double or nothing we'll we'll assume you get a perfect score if you get the last one right i would like to have the
1: previous three stricken from my record if i get this fourth one right okay
2: all right right, well here we go you ready (laughs) yes i'm ready okay I'm, i'm gonna set this up You answer the question first, and then we'll uh, actually get into guessing who the company is. How does that sound? Sure. All right. The question is, why would a hotel or a coffee shop or a bookstore or the Jackson Group, for that matter, uh, accept a return of the item if the item being returned was a set of four tires?
1: Why would they accept a return if the return was a set of four tires? Yeah.
2: Why would any, any, any company that has nothing to do with automobiles actually accept a return of four tires. Well, a
1: company like like if it was my company, the Jackson yes, Group, which has nothing sure. to do with automotive work, right? Why would we accept a return of tires? Yeah, I can't think of any reason why I would.
2: Okay, now this company uh, that I'll be speaking of as the fourth company is a retailer. Okay, kind of like a department store. And they did accept a return of four tires, which they did not sell. Uh, they, they accepted the return from a customer. Well, who do you think the company is?
1: Oh boy, hold on, I can I can do this. Um, I'm think Okay, just how, how about give me a, a hint? Is, it, uh, is it, a it, it is it a high end retailer or it's
2: a high end retailer that uh, has a reputation for great customer service? Obviously, uh, and they did. I guess about. Eight years ago, open up a uh, store in Charlotte.
1: Is it Nordstrom?
2: You are correct.
1: Hey, there I am you redeemed. Go. I am redeemed. Perfect You score. are. <laughs>
2: perfect score. <Previous laughs> you're you're three, officially perfect, the Al. The
1: previous three are off my record. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. Good. Yeah. So yeah, Nord, actually, Nordstrom yeah. accepted tires in a return that they didn't sell?
2: Yes, and from what I understand, I, I was somewhere in the Midwest. It might have been Chicago or something like that. But the, the full story, if you wonder why uh, this particular customer actually returned the tires, she did buy the tires from a store at the location where Nordstrom's was. Uh, but it, it was like a Sears store, went out of business, and then Nordstrom's went into that location. And then months later, the lady brought the tires back. And uh, they said, ma'am, we don't sell tires. But I, the customer was like, but I know I bought the tires here. Ma'am, I'm sorry, we, we, we don't sell them. Oh, I'm certain I bought them here. And, and they took the tires back. Wow. And they gave her a refund.
1: How so, nice is that? I mean, it's, you know, I could see some true business people like thinking just balance sheet, profit, and loss numbers and all that probably racking their brains saying, why in the world would you do that? But that customer walked away from that experience saying, you know what, that Nordstrom place took care of me. And chances are pretty high if she needs to go shopping again, that's probably going to be one of the places she ends up.
2: Right. And that story has been told literally tens of thousands of times over the years. Very, very very well-known story in in certain customer service circles. Uh, And when when you uh, look at the, um, Nordstrom's policy manual. It's interesting because it's talking to the employees. Basically, the employee manual says, we're glad to have you with our company. Our number one goal is to provide outstanding service. You you look at some of the Nordstrom's rules for employees. Uh, number one rule says, use your good judgment in all situations. Uh, the number two rule says, there will be no additional rules.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. How so, great is that?
2: Yeah. So essentially, They're just laying it out right there. It's all about the customer. It's all about customer service. It's all about empowerment. We are going to empower our staff to serve
1: customers. All right. Think about it this way for all you numbers and sense people out there. Nordstrom's accepted a return of tires. Let's say the tire, each tire was, I don't know, let's be on the high side. Let's say it was a hundred bucks. Okay. $400. They basically just ate $400 in money. But that story has been told thousands of times online in training seminars all over the world, helping boost the image of Nordstrom even further. That was the best spent four hundred dollars from a publicity standpoint and a reputation standpoint I think I could see any company doing.
2: Right. Yep, that's exactly so, right. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and, and what it
1: does is it even I would imagine it even impacts the other employees at Nordstrom that heard one of their coworkers doing that to say, you know what? Yes, this is a company that we do these kind of things. And I guarantee you that was not the last example of a similar situation that Nordstrom's done over the years.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think it's a great point about how it impacted other employees. I mean, when they hear this story, they realize, hey, I'm not going to get my hand slapped if I do something that might be a little bit above and beyond. If some employee can take back $400 worth of tires, you know, I can surely allow a return without a receipt or I can surely just hop in my car and, and deliver a pair of shoes to some customer that I've worked with in the past because they didn't have time to get to their store. You know, it gives them a little oh, bit yeah. of internal freedom and empowerment to do what's right for the customer.
1: Absolutely, Oh, that's great. That's such yeah. a good, such a good example there. So, yeah. you know, it's another one of those things where, you know, customer service, I know there's always those roadblocks people think about, Like When you're thinking productivity and efficiency and profitability and all the typical things you need running a business. But examples like the four we've been talking about, little things, little examples of those service uh, just going above and beyond providing that customer service has helped these companies grow and get the reputation they've got and keep customers coming back to the point where all four of them are extremely successful companies right now.
2: Yeah. If you look at the four, Chick-fil-A, it starts with their organizational mission, defining it at their level. When you look at Zappos, it's saying, what kind of culture do you want? You want to have a culture that enables great customer service. When you look at Ritz-Carlton, it's saying, we not only need to document it at the organizational level, but we need to document it at the individual employee level. And then you look at it from the Nordstrom's perspective, and you're talking about, don't just document what you expect. But make sure you're not slowing or impeding or restricting the employee's ability to deliver great customer service. So make sure, even though you're defining what you expect, you're definitely empowering your staff to serve their customers.
1: Wonderful. That's great. Yeah. I, you know, these examples just show I me mean, even these big companies with their huge hierarchy and structure and uh, remote locations all around the world you know, can still grab onto that idea of great customer service and, and put forth those examples that we share and talk about and seminars we go to and in books and everything else uh it's tougher to do the bigger you get the tougher it is to organize these things sometimes uh so i can almost say it might be even a greater challenge for some of these companies to keep that kind of uh that kind of culture going i mean i'm sure you and i can we may even be talking about one of them later in our our examples possibly large companies that just have lost that touch because they've gotten too big and they can't operationalize that customer service culture the bigger they got so yeah yeah very nice. Ed, great. Thanks for sharing those four uh, notes. And congratulations to me for, again, once again, winning the quiz here on Stepping Up Service. Now, Ed, if I'm correct in thinking this way, I think at this point during the history of all of our show of Stepping Up Service, I'm I'm perfect scorer. I mean, am I not in our little quizzes that we do? Am I right in saying that?
2: Well, well you were until shortly after last month's podcast. Wait a minute. Um,
1: what are you talking about? I don't, I, don't I, I
2: don't know if you remember this, but we actually uh, had a little bet on who would win the Duke Carolina game last month. And I think oh. one of us was correct and you were incorrect.
1: Right. I do yes. vaguely remember that now. So, yeah, right? Yes. I will tell so, you, it's a little a little off topic here. But, uh, yes, I took my family to the Carolina Duke game. was so excited to be able to. Go be in Chapel Hill and enjoy that. We had a wonderful day. It was just everything was great. Everything, perfect day, great food, great weather. And then we got to the game that night. And boy, oh boy, was that not fun. So uh, I've got no comeback on that. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got romped bad. So yeah. I guess I was wrong on that one one night.
2: Well, but, but at least you're having more of your key players come back next year than Duke. So that, that'll give you a little bit of solace you, there. But
1: Duke's always going to have a good team. And uh, I still love the rivalry, so I think it's, it's always fun to watch. So, yeah. Okay, uh, all right. So getting back to customer service, I could talk about college basketball all day. and I'm sure you and I could probably have some even more fun conversations down the road. So at least the season is over. I'm a little sad, but you know, we'll have plenty to talk about for next year. Oh, yeah. So, Ed, we always like to cap off our show by giving a little bit of a example, kind of our own personal experience with something customer service related. I know you've got a positive one. Is that correct for today? Yes. I've absolutely. got a negative one. So how about let's end on a positive note. I'm going to go first. Okay. And then let you give the positive one afterwards, okay? So, I, I, we mentioned the hotel industry earlier in one of our examples. You mentioned Ritz-Carlton as being one of those big hotel chains that got it right. I'm not going to mention the hotel chain that I had experience with recently, but I was out of town for a wedding. Uh, we It was a last-minute decision to go to the wedding, so it was a last-minute hotel reservation. Uh, this particular city... It was pretty full and as far as hotel reservations so we were stuck with one not exactly the brand hotel that I would have chosen by default but it is what it is. The people there very nice. The hotel itself was a nice hotel. Here is the problem though. The signage both for elevator floors, signage of how to get to the parking, signage of how to get to your room, was absolutely horrible. Uh To the point where we were not the only people that was getting confused. It was one of those things where you have a M floor and a G floor and a B floor, and there was no clear signage anywhere (laughs) which floor got you to the lobby, which one got you to parking, which one got you where. I, on three different occasions, found myself walking out of the elevator, surrounded by service staff. Like I was in the self basement of the hotel, basically. And I consider myself a pretty competent guy. I can navigate myself around a hotel, but yet here I was stumbling around trying to find where my room was, trying to find where to get to the parking lot. And it's like, okay, so do I go to M or G, which one is where my car is? And it's like, and even some of the staff had to kind of sit there and think for a second, like, okay, wait a minute. M is where the lobby is. G is where this is. It's like, okay you know, you've got to help me out here with signage. I need some sort of clear labeling of how to get places. And there were other couples and people that we would find coming out of elevators, not knowing where they were either. It was Mm -hmm. just a real mess. And it goes to show that even though the staff were great and everything else was fine, we still remember that hotel as the one that had the really messed up directions. Mm -hmm. And that's now the, the, the image we have of that hotel going forward. So kind of goes back to some of the things you've always said about is your processes have to be solid You can't just have people with smiling faces. And that definitely was the case with us. I mean, we got ourselves so confused. And then they had construction going on in one room, and it wasn't really clearly labeled that there was construction going on. So you kept hearing these loud noises, and you didn't know what that was. and It was just communication, signage, and clarification was just not there. So that's my service experience. It was more funny than it was a true bad experience. But unfortunately, that is now the stigma we have attached to that hotel chain going forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: And All it's right. interesting because even, even if it was funny, it wasn't funny to the point that you actually want to go back there.
1: <laughs> right. No, no, we would not want to go back to that hotel. Yes. So you're right. Exactly. It's uh, From a business standpoint, no, there's nothing funny about it. That hotel just lost some future business mm-hmm. because they didn't spend a few hundred dollars and get some nice signage in the elevators and the hall to let people know where to go.
2: So. Yeah, and it's interesting because we, we often talk about how uh, an organization, if they really wanted to create uh, a an environment, an experience that was great for anybody – they need to ask themselves the question, Would a first-time customer have as good an experience as a long-term customer? And, and that's why we do a lot of mystery shopping, to really enable the company to take a step back and see the experience through the eyes of their customer. And a lot of what we come out with are recommendations about facility and signage and layout and that sort of thing. And that's a perfect example. They, they might have hired really nice people who are constantly dealing with really confused customers who never want to go back there again so uh if they would had done something right in the first place with the facility layout signage uh used then then maybe their staff wouldn't have to feel those kind of concerns and direction questions all the time
1: absolutely completely agree all right so let's end on a positive note what's the story you've got for us
2: And this is actually a local government positive story Uh, to give you a a little bit of brief background. uh, Our neighborhood uh, has protested a rezoning effort in our community uh, where we had a lot that was set up for maybe about a dozen individual homes and it was cleared. Uh, and a builder came in and wanted to add about 45, 46 townhomes instead that right, are right. built up, towering over all the homes in the neighborhood, very urban-like, even though we don't live anywhere near an urban setting. Sure. So to make a long story short, as we were trying to get organized to protest this, and we were trying to get educated on zoning and that sort of thing. There was a gentleman named Solomon, and he worked in the city government. and And basically, he is the one who helps to shepherd these permits and the protests through the process. And we called him multiple times. We emailed him multiple times. and When we left messages, he would always get back to us the same day. When we get on the phone, he was always patient with us. He was definitely in educational mode, confirming we understood. When he would answer the question, it would be detailed enough that you didn't feel like you were going to have to do a bunch of research after the fact. And if he didn't know the answer, he would make sure you knew where to go get that specific answer or he would try to investigate it and get it for you. So it's one of these situations where this is somebody who's necessarily not getting paid for how many transactions they process or how many sales they make. This is somebody who is getting paid to do a job Uh, And it's not, he wasn't very transaction oriented, more so he was very patient, very customer oriented. And even though, you know, the process overall might be a little bit difficult to have to go through, uh, he was so responsive, so nice, so genuine, so detailed that it made the process easier.
1: That's that's great. And I, you know, I work with as work as well with our local government on and I know they're taking a lot of efforts on on improving that process as I think many cities and counties are doing the whole permitting and development process because sure. you're really trying to cater to Obviously, you want to promote growth in your area and you want people to want to come build and develop in your area. It's a tough thing when you've got all the paperwork and red tape and processes to go through to stay customer service friendly with that. But that sounds like a great Solomon, great example of somebody that knows the importance of keeping everybody informed, responding to questions and keeping everybody happy. Because all that does is take you guys in the community and you become more vocal advocates for your community to other people outside because of that type of effort. Yeah.
2: Right. And it helps to overcome the stereotypes you hear about local government. I mean, there's a lot of great people who are trying to do the right thing. There's processes that are being revised. And and, uh, if people just give the process, give the people a chance in local government, sometimes they're pleasantly surprised at the level of service they can get. Sure, they have to deal with the policies. They have to deal with the ordinances. They have to deal with the legalities. But but there's a lot of local government organizations that are really working hard to make it as customer service friendly as possible.
1: That's great. Good. Well, some good Good examples, one good, one bad, but it is a reminder that we're we're experiencing customer service, things like this. All of us are. Everybody listening to this every single day, whether good or bad, take note of the bad ones, what made them bad. Take note of the good ones, what made them good, and those are the same kind of lessons we can apply to our own business, our careers, whatever it may be. We know the importance of this stuff, and I think the four examples, Ed, you gave help illustrate no matter what size company, there's examples out there of people who are getting it right, and we can learn a lot from those and apply to our own, our own place of work. Great. Yes. Ed, thanks so much today for your time. We really appreciate it. Ed is with Customer Service Solutions. You can learn more about Customer Service Solutions, the great work that Ed's doing with many, many companies and industries around the world, uh, at cssamerica.com. That's cssamerica.com com And you've got blogs and email newsletters and other things that you do there. So encourage people to go check it out and, and, and get in contact with you if they'd like to be in the loop on that, that kind of dialogue going on. Yep, that would be great. Good. And then I'm Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group. You can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E, jacksongroup.com. Employee, customer satisfaction surveys, leadership development and uh, uh, data collection and survey research work. Uh, of course, you're listening to The Mesh at TheMesh.tv. Again, go check out all the back shows on Stepping Up Service, as well as listen to any other shows we may have on the network. Uh, leadership GPS is our leadership development show. We've got uh, some entertainment shows. We've got a music show. We've got some sports shows. Uh, ACC Sports Journal, as Ed and I were talking about sure. in the Carolina Duke game little bit of a connection there. ACC Sports Journal, their podcast is on our network every week. So just some great stuff to listen to, and it's all free. Just go download it to your uh, preferred player of choice and uh, enjoy and give us some feedback. Let us know what you like or some ideas for uh, getting things better in the future. So with that, we're going to sign off for Stepping Up Service. Thanks so much for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next episode. Take care.